What's wrong with being? What's wrong with being? What's wrong with being confident? Uh -huh. What's wrong with being? What's wrong with being? What's wrong with being confident? Uh -huh. It's time to get the change out. Hello, welcome to the 403 Movie Podcast for Happy Death Day to You. My name is Tom Chick. I'm here with Christian McCransky. It's actually Professor Boner. And with a happy death day to you, tagline Kelly Wand. A blonde gets superpowers and discovers herself. Kelly, no, no, Kelly, no. Don't even try. Don't even try. You're not going to troll me and Dingus with that. Give us another tagline. Warning, time warps for characters without issues to be redeemed from may be ineffective. <laughs> Kelly Wan is there. I, I just part of well we'll get to that in a moment. Kelly Wan is there another tagline? Guys, this is the 901st time I've lived through this day and recorded this podcast. Ugh, there's only <laughs> one good part coming up. It's from Dingus. I don't want to spoil it, but you'll know when it happens. <laughs> and that's that how it hurts, but I have to say that every day now. Right. Do more that, math. That, okay. It's a little long for a tagline. Is there a fourth shorter one, or did you just end with a bang with that one? Hey, it's my birthday. That's a lyric. Oh. Uh, is that a real song? It's a ringtone, actually. But is it a ringtone from the movie? Uh, Ooh. That's a good question. Or did, yeah, like, is it, I don't know. That's a very good question. I found I, it I, online, and then they're all, it's the Happy Death Day ringtone. Right. Like, yeah, I want this. Yeah, they wrote it just for the movie, then. Sweet. A lot of so lore in this made... movie. They did a lot right, of uh, so extensive backstory stuff, right? In the movie, she made that ringtone. Well, Dingus, what the, tell the listeners, in case they don't know what we're on about, what movie are we going to be talking about here? I'm sure they clicked this by accident. That's where Dingus comes in. All right. Well, this week we watched Happy Death Day, number two, <laughs> lowercase u. Listen to him, Tom. <laughs> you did watch it. You did watch two of them. Listen to him. A 2019 American drama, horror, mystery, sci-fi slasher sequel movie about how a tree can memorize algorithms. Oh, he hates it. It was directed by <laughs> it was directed by Christopher Landon hmm. and written by him with huh. Scott Lobdell. See? It, but that it, was just for characters though, right? I don't think Scott actually I don't think Scott Lobdell actually worked on the script if I'm not mistaken. Is that correct? I don't know. Either? It it just it doesn't it doesn't uh it doesn't characterize it. In that uh, I think an important thing to know about this movie, Scott Lobdell, it's, it's, he's credited with the characters because he wrote the original movie. Christopher Landon, he wrote this one all by himself. All by himself. Oh, yep. did he? Yeah. The first one, you know, he had a little help and he had someone else's script. But this one, he's like, I'm going to do it this time. And he so it's took a true over. detective situation. Exactly, Kelly Wand. We'll get into that in a minute, though. Okay, Dingus, what, who's okay. in this and what rating is it? All right, it stars Jessica Roth. Yeah, uh-huh. Good work, Tom. Thank you. Thank you so Proud much. Proud of you. Thank you. Israel Broussard. Mm. Is that Carter? 5U, yeah. Uh, Israel Broussard is Carter. 5U, uh, Siraj Sharma, Sarah Yarkin, Rachel Matthews, and Ruby Modine. Is that the mother? No. Who's Ruby Modine? <laughs> Oh, it must be Danielle. Is it Danielle? That's got to be She's Danielle. the daughter of Matthew Dean. Is that true? That is true. Oh, and is it the, the actress who played Danielle? I believe so. Oh, interesting. All right. Ugh. Dingus, what if uh, parents want to take their children to see Happy Death Day to you? Tell them, give them a little information they should know. Yeah. You're a parent. What would you do? <laughs> Apparently I am. 
No, uh, she's actually. I'm sorry. Ruby Modine is Lori. Uh, the oh, the, oh, oh I like her. I like her. Right. The the the, the nurse. Right. Cupcakes. All right. So Happy Death Day number two, lowercase U, is rated PG thirteen oh, for what? <laughs> Kelly thinks it should be All G. Right, sorry. But go on. <laughs> for violence. Okay. Language. Okay. Sexual material. Yeah. And thematic elements well kelly one you have an issue with that you think there should be any other lists uh, other things on that list was the first one pg-13 yeah uh i noticed uh parents take heed this is a serious parrot talking now not dingus uh improper use of an mri inappropriate skydiving <laughs> attire uh some dimensions are g others are hard r <laughs> depends on when you parts you which dimension you're watching uh, happy Happy Death Day to you did not do very well. Uh, the first one, just did by really way, really well. The first one did really well. Uh, Jason Blum, his whole strategy is, you don't have to make a good horror movie. You just have to make a cheap one, and then make sure it uh, makes a decent amount of money. And that paid off in spades. The first one, super low budget, five million dollars, and it took on its opening weekend twenty six million. It opened at number one. It was during October. It was kind of a Halloween release. There was no competition. Uh, let's see, it was opening against the second weekend of Blade Runner 2049. So people were like, oh, I'm not going to go see that arty three-hour Blade Runner movie. What should I see? I'll go see this Happy Death Day thing. What's that? So the first one did very well. Uh, this one's way underperforming. It opened at number five on its opening weekend after Alita Battle Angel, Lego Movie 2, Isn't It Romantic, and What Men Want. But it uh, didn't come out in October, did it? No, this was a Valentine's Day release, uh, See, and it made doing? nine. Come on! It made nine and a half yeah. million dollars against a nine million dollar budget. So the first one on its opening weekend made five times its budget, and budget's just part of the cost that goes into the movie. There's also marketing. Uh, this one barely made its budget back on its opening weekend. Uh, this one did not work uh, out well for Universal or Blum. No, marketing is usually twice as. That's the conventional usually... wisdom, but I, I think in these movies, I think when they do these dirt cheap. Uh, horror movies, they throw more money at it because they expect they're going to get a better return on their investment. But that is the conventional wisdom thing is, is you just look at the production the budget over again. Never go up. But I think they marketed this one a lot because I think they they, they were playing they're, – they're wanting to make a brand out of it. And I, I think this is kind of the end of it. So I, I don't know. I don't know how much they spent on marketing. Mm. But this this mm. way underperformed. They were expecting to, to make more from this. I have uh, lots of thoughts. On Metacritic, the average rating from various reviews, it's at 57. On Rotten Tomatoes, 67% of the reviews are positive. And on CinemaScore, you got to be. So folks weren't that crazy about it. Even idiots. Uh, interestingly enough, those it's pretty much the same with the first movie. Metacritic for the first movie is 58 compared to this 57. CinemaScore really? people uh, gave the first movie a B, and we'll talk mm. about that in a minute. But first, Kelly Wand, I found some of the plot... Uh, points in this movie a bit convoluted I would like you to explain them to me with a happy death day to Yopsis pretty close all that math we did on the spreadsheet I think helped your brain so now you're a little smarter so what what would the synopsis be called if not that happy death day to YouTube sis ah well, Kelly Wan give <clears throat> me that I want it almost YouTube huh almost Listen to Dingus hating. It's hating. <laughs> totally worth it. Happy Death Day to YouTube, sis. 
The Earth-shaped Universal logo. Do they know what a universe is? Turns into CG a couple times. <laughs> Why is the Earth a universe? I'm just saying. I always read it backwards as LA's revenue. That yeah, wow, Dingus, <laughs> that works. Dingus sure pulled us something big out of a putter there. Um, <laughs> that's what she said, huh, Dingus? Yeah. Let me start all over. I've ruined things. Happy Death Day to YouTube, sis. The Earth-shaped Universal logo turns into CG a couple times. Beside me, Costner's all turn into water again. <laughs> Jeez. Remember, the blonde Asian guy who's pro trees vagina farts awake in his car. Hispanic ice cream truck drives by honking angrily. He's hassled by a dog that a skateboarder, a beekeeper, and something <laughs> in his nose. That's weird. Normally walking past extras is less choreographed. He walks in on Tree and Carter doing nothing. Oh, hey, Asian. Thought you might want to sleep in. You probably don't remember my name. Jane Fonda walks in wearing a flight suit. Hey, Bree, <laughs> we're pilots in this. Oh, no. <laughs> Oh, we have to talk about the 9 to 5 uh, reading. Griefing begins. Benjamin Button walks in. I'm the dean. The Asian guy gets bored. So he goes to his science class, which is just him, a comical Indian guy, a frizzy-haired girl, and occasionally Carter and Mothman. Together they're making the sphere from Event Horizon, although as we'll soon learn, this is part of their assignment. They're just making it for fun. If it was their assignment, they wouldn't get in trouble. Tree, the cheerleaders, also decided to study physics, so she's there. Tree's all, hey, remember yesterday when I mashed a cupcake in my roommate's mouth and kicked her through a second-story window to her death? Good thing the cops understood my talk about alternate dimensions. <laughs> Carter kisses her. Yep, after you were bitchy and drunk two nights ago, and then yesterday murdered your roommate and said you're from another dimension. I knew you were the one. Suddenly, James Lipton barges in with campus security guards aiming pistols. <laughs> You're all under arrest for furthering scientific progress and inventing billion-dollar equipment. Shut everything down! <laughs> James Lipton. The Asian guy farts awake in his car. The Hispanic ice cream truck drives by, honking angrily. This time, he tricks the beekeeper and the thing in his nose by punching them. He walks in on Tree and Carter. <laughs> Tree's all, look who finally rolled in, you sneaky little bitch. Abe Lincoln walks in. I'm not the dean in this dimension? <laughs> Fuck! <laughs> Carter shakes his head at Tree. I can't believe you've never seen Happy Death Day 1. It's a classic. The Asian guy's phone's all, Hey, it's my birthday! It's my birthday! <laughs> when he looks at his phone screen, it's the Universal logo turning into CG. <laughs> Tree's mom walks in. Hey, Bree, we're pilots in this. <laughs> The Asian character gets bored and goes to the lab. It's isolated and dark, so he wanders around going, guys, till a pig baby stabs him. He farts <laughs> awake in his car. This time, a Hispanic ice cream truck crashes into a beehive. As he reaches up to pick his nose, he farts. Oh, fuck. The continuum is getting worse. He walks through a cabin full of Abe Lincolns wearing pig baby masks, then goes into his dorm room. Find the John? Carter's all, you haven't seen Happy Death Day 1? It's a classic. <laughs> Thanos appears snapping his fingers. Ugh. The Asian guy's all, wait, what was the plot of the first movie? I just watched it, but... 
Three sighs. Okay, here's what happened. She makes us watch flashbacks. Here's me streaking that Demi Lovato song, watching a gay guy masturbate, unclear on why he was bubbed that I didn't answer his text. But anyway, here's me saying, okay, here's what happened. Asian guys all, except this time I'm the star. They're all, no, no. Nice try. The tall man from Phantasm runs in. Find the giant. Carter's all, yeah, in this dimension, he's the school nurse. The Asian guy lays on the bed and tries to wake himself up. When that doesn't work, they all decide to go to the hospital and get stabbed. On the way, Tree grabs a baseball bat. Don't worry, I've been through this before. She hands the bat to Carter. <laughs> right after saying that. That's real. When they get to the lab, the pig baby tries to stab them, but they trick him by taking off its mask. It's the Asian guy. The first Asian guy's all, oh. I can't wait till this is explained later. How many loose ends did the first movie have at the end? Bill and Ted come out of a phone booth. 69, <laughs> dude. They somehow dragged the masked Asian murderer out of the hospital without fielding any questions from medical or law enforcement personnel. Take him to the lab, tie him to a chair, and make him watch them turn on their CG machine again. The murderer Asians all, wait, don't. I was just trying to murder you because I thought that'd be more helpful than asking you just to not turn on the machine. What reason do you have to doubt my credibility? Guy Pierce looks up from scarring marks into his arm. Hey, can you guys talk a little slower? <laughs> a murderer Asian is all. Suddenly, James Lipton and the campus security guys burst in. We're pilots in this. Tell me about it, I'll say. Bald Hugh Jackman's fountain character floats in and cranks the machine's dial to make drinks spill in slow motion. The school church tower rings. Tree wakes up in bed back in the first movie. Carter's all, oh, hey, something sleep in folded clothes? Bill Murray bursts in. Hey, vagina, we're pilots in this. Tree's, tree's all, fuck. Naked Arnold walks in. The Terminator was the first naked time traveler because synthetic materials don't work in the time machine except for the materials that the Terminators are made from, such as polyester and cotton. <laughs> The Asian guy runs in. Don't worry, I'm dumb again. Tree's all great. That dumbass event horizon sphere you're making fucking wanted a sequel. Come on. She drags him across the quad, scowling at the sprinklers, turning on, car alarm, girl with the clipboard, drunk frat guy falling over. Tree's all, wait, hang on. I better go to my dorm first and kill Natalie Portman again. Get that out of the way. <laughs> when she gets there, Danielle doesn't intercept her on the stairs to call her a sneaky little bitch. Tree's all, hmm, that's weird. In her room, Portman's all, here's a cupcake without poison in it. Tree's all, hmm, that's weird too. Later in the lab, the Asian guy's all, no one called you a sneaky little bitch? That is weird. Wait, I know what happened. Multiverses. Here's how they work. He pokes a pen through a napkin. <laughs> I lean over to Aaron Eckhart and go, hey, do that thing with the orange and the flamethrower from the core again. I'm starving. <laughs> Later at lunch. Actually, never mind. This universe is way better. My cupcakes aren't poison, and there's only one Asian. Hooray for science! Suddenly, Danielle walks up and kisses Carter. Tree's all... <sighs> Danielle's all... By the way, I just came by to tell you all that I'm late for my miracle worker audition. It's too bad the real Helen Keller won't get to enjoy how that pays off later. <laughs> also, now I like special ed arts fairs. <laughs> hey, hey, it's my birthday. It's my birthday. Yes, Dad. 
Hi, Tree. Don't forget our upcoming scene where we always have lunch. Uh, everyone's favorite. <laughs> Guys, let's worry about the integrity of space-time later. I gotta go eat salads with my dad. Later at Patio Burger. Here are our specials today, and by the way, in this dimension, you're waiting on one more. Mom? Hi, Tree. Something, something. Love you. The dad's all, well, my work here's done. I'll go get some ice. He walks off. Mom, say stuff. Your father and I, love is why the heart grows, because otherwise I'd never have had you. Be who you aren't, sweetie, because as far as I'm concerned, this movie's called Touching Birthday Lunch. <laughs> oh, Mom, so good to see you. We have so much catching up to do. Bye. Tree hugs her and runs back to the lab. Okay, uh, setting up a giant of fine, and... Guys, stop! This universe is awesome. I want to stay here. Although, Carter, come on. Danielle's your girlfriend, but you still take me back to your room to spend the night? It, it, it was better for the movie if you just saw me kiss Danielle later. Plus, I was hoping you'd choke on your vomit like Janis Joplin. Suddenly, Tree walks outside and sees her British biology teacher kiss his wife by a car. Then he walks a couple steps over and Dredge kisses Natalie Portman by the same car, while the wife watches suspiciously. Trees all. At least I'm not fucking that. It's dimension. Or the doctor. She goes to her dorm room and looks on her phone at pics of deleted scenes. <laughs> Danielle comes in. Haha, this top's also mine in this dimension. The lights go out for a second. Oh, tuition dollars at work. Look, Danielle, I know about my surprise party. It's the one scene I blow off every time in both of these. Shh, TV's on. And in medical news, a serial killer is running loose in a hospital. Law enforcement officials are following events closely on television from home. <laughs> Tree salt. Damn it! She goes to the hospital, which as usual is unlit and mostly depopulated. <laughs> Except for the reading nurse. She gets an axe. The cops all, freeze! Ha ha! I may have just let a serial killer loose, but at least I caught myself a blonde co-ed. <laughs> Please, listen to me. I'm from another dimension. My name is Tree. <laughs> you miss said under arrest for being in a hospital. <laughs> he cuffs her. Suddenly the killer stabs him and chases Tree, giggling. Tree's all, I know it's you, Portman. <laughs> then Portman shows up in an elevator. <laughs> they trick the killer by screaming and running. Since Portman's a nurse, she grabs a sledgehammer from somewhere like Dr. Flamps from Alita Battle Angel. Yeah. <laughs> one of the few character names I remember clearly <laughs> from that movie and leads Tree through the scotch tape ward the killer tricks them by stabbing Portman Tree tricks the killer by laughing at him when he falls down <laughs> some stairs but he tricks her back by running up them so she tricks him by jumping off the roof to her death the church tower bell bongs hey sleep in fold clothes Ugh, which movie am I in Danielle I'm a girlfriend Ugh later in the lab, and thus, you nerds like Joseph Gordon-Levitt and Don John need to close the loop. The comical Indians all, I don't know, it's wrong to tamper with science and wacky movies. Plus, every day we research, we always lose all the stuff, so the next day you die. Uh... He demonstrates, erases his thesis from the Sharpie board. Carter's all, I got it. Tree, you just learn advanced physics and memorize everything we say, and kill yourself. I was actually going to recommend that last part even before you mentioned you're from another dimension. 
the frizz haired girls all. That way we at least eliminate the chasing scenes. Trees all. There's a montage. Apparently, Tree's physics lessons pay off, so she's able to skydive in her underwear out of a plane and land right in front of Danielle and Carter to cackle at us in slow motion while they're kissing. That's precision. The pilot and other passengers are all, Wait, what? What was she wearing? She got on this plane with us? She also takes a bath with a hairdryer, which gives her a blonde afro and makes her cough smoke the next time she wakes up. <laughs> Carter's all. She takes Pyrrhic revenge on the clock tower. Then she goes to a grocery store, sees a fat old man, toasts him, and drinks Drano. The old man runs away. I thought I was in Green Book. <laughs> I lean over to Tom and go, all right, replace Hurt Locker with that. While montage music still plays, Tree shows Carter that her sweater says FML. I lean over to the Donnie Darko rabbit and go, that stands for shake my head. I'm in, I'm in the, uh, the, in, the in crowd. Later in a hospital. Hey, Dr. Maria Brandauer. Yes, something, something biology class this morning. Wait, you're a surgeon and my college instructor? Tree, according to your x-rays. Yeah, yeah, according to medical science, my body's been wood-chipped, splattered, poisoned, stabbed, and afroed. I know. Science. Science. Movie for dingus. The doctor nods and leaves. <laughs> On her way out of the hospital, Tree hits the cop with a phone, finds Portman dead, gets attacked by a second killer, and takes advantage of the fact that hospitals have giant flammable canisters in the lobby. <laughs> the next death day, in the lab... Thus, you carry the one, divide, then multiply by pi, fart twice, and cuervo. Cogito pluribus windmill brando. The Asian guy's all, well, I've only looked at all this complex calculus for a second or two, or according to it, there's only one possibility left. He goes over to the single computer and taps scroll lock. Time loop CG operational. Yay! Okay, Tree, now how for the hard part, uh, you have to decide whether you want to stay in this movie's plot or the first one. She starts to kiss Carter, then goes, mm, I'd rather kiss my mom. Final decision. Just as they slowly start to hit the activate button, the computer explodes and goes dark. Damn it, comical Indian character. Were you using the time machine to look at spam porn again in only this dimension? <sighs> Sorry, Tree. This is going to take exactly six hours and 37 minutes for us all to masturbate to and then upload. Well, get to it. Because I somehow know that only one, wait, two more deaths will kill me permanently in RL. Bye. Carter's all, tree, wait. Something, something, hospital dead people later. <laughs> nah, I didn't care about other people when I drank Drano. More importantly, Carter, we're together in the other dimension. Oh, but tree, your mom. I really want to have sex with you rather than Danielle in another dimension. Besides, you've been given a great gift, getting to have salad with your mom again. Besides, I'll go to the hospital tonight and take care of shit for you. Don't worry. Did you see how I handled that bat? That night in the backseat of a car with her mom... <laughs> Oh, Tree, do you want to have Cinnabon for your birthday dinner like last year? You ate two. Tree gets sad. What a priceless digestive memory to lose. For her birthday, Tree's mom and her dad rent a hotel room and start watching Creature from the Black Lagoon. <laughs> Dad's off. This is boring. I'm going to go get ice. <laughs> Tree, honey, are you pregnant? You look as sad as I did when I was carrying you. Mom, what if you weren't with Dad? 
Eternal insights are helpful when it comes to alternate dimensions. Oh, tree. Sometimes the past is pulling us in one direction. Sometimes the future is different. But I'd pick you. That way I'd have your father. So take a heart. Follow your chance. Things Donnie Yen said in Red World. Fuck. <laughs> oh, man. What a shitty joke to ruin. <laughs> Take a heart. Follow your chance. Things Donnie Yen said in Rogue One. That's hard to say. Things Donnie Yen said in Rogue One. Things Donnie Yen said in Rogue One. And in continuum news, Carter, Natalie Portman, and that useless cop are dead again at the hospital. Thanks a lot, Tree. <laughs> Damn it! Tree tries to call the lab and gets only spam port and universal logos. Her dad re-enters. Mm, this ice sure smells good. Thanks for not blowing us off in this dimension, sweetie. Dad, I gotta go. Tree steals someone's car and drives off. I guess the lab mates told her exactly what second they were gonna turn the CG on. Tree tricks space and time by crashing her car into the first obstacle she encounters past a fence at an electrical substation so it explodes and causes the blackout. Ah, bingus. <laughs> I lean over to H.G. Wells sitting beside me and go, maybe she caused one of the other blackouts when she dropped the hairdryer in the tub, huh? <laughs> he says something in British, so I just nod mock politely. The clock tower bongs, tree farts awake. Damn it, Carter, that's the last time I'm dying for you. Hey, want to see the payoff for what I've been looking for here for two whole movies? He puts someone's retainer in his mouth and grins goofily. <laughs> Guess I never wear it later. Oh. <laughs> Revelations, dingus. <laughs> Tree goes to the lab. The Asian guy's all, don't worry, the Indian guy doesn't like porn in this dimension, so this time it'll only take minutes. Uh, you sure you want to go back? As usual, use whatever chat you had with your mom last as the deciding factor. <laughs> Gary, you can't live in the past. That's what my mom said to me, eventually. Well, actually, you are still going into the past, but okay. Tree goes to watch the doctor get out of a car. She walks up to Portman. You should break up with him. I've been where you're at, and it just leads to your roommate murdering you. You're going to murder me? Portman's side mission accomplished. Tree goes to her dorm to hug her other roommate, Danielle. A guy comes out of the shower. Oh, three-way? Who's the third? Um, <clears throat> Stinky here's shower was broken from some girl crashing her car into the waterworks last night, so uh, I said he could use mine. My car's fine. Tree's all great. Broken shower. More paradoxes I have to fix. She leaves. Danielle's all, you're dumb as a rock. Uh, no I'm not. Rocks don't have brains. Except for abalone. Plus rocks are hard. <laughs> Tree goes to lunch to say goodbye to Olive Garden one last time. Dad, can I talk to Mom alone for a minute? You're alive in all dimensions. Sure, I'll go get ice. Mom, I love you. <laughs> I didn't want Dad to hear. Oh, Tree, when I was pregnant with you, I was literally scared shitless. I drank a lot of turpentine and tried to fall down some stairs. But then when I held you, love makes you a better person. Tree sits on her lap. Huh, I'm crushing you. You'll always be my little girl, Jesus. Her dad walks up with a birthday cake. Make a wish, sweetie. Mom gets impatient and blows it out for her. Or maybe she thought he meant her. 
later in the lab. Because sometimes the past won't cook a mushroom. Yeah, Tree, you made that speech already this morning. Better. Suddenly Lipton bursts in with his bodyguards. All right, you're all under arrest again for understanding physics. I mean, not again. <laughs> Mr. Lipton, I'm a student here. Despite the spirited defense, Lipton and his friends move the cumbersome prop into Lipton's office and then all go back to their respective jobs. <laughs> and leave the lab unlocked. Carter's all, shouldn't that have happened all the times before this? Wait, I know. Tree, just die again. That was my advice going to be anyway, but instead. Asian guy's all, fine vagina's right. It is our fault. By the way, uh, James Lipton uh, knits and watches a TV show about cats. Suddenly, Danielle calls Carter to ask for sex. Tree grabs the phone. Danielle, pretend the sappy scene with us and shower guy happened in another dimension. I need you to do me a favor. It could get you expelled or arrested. Later, oh, Monsieur Lipton, I am blind. <laughs> While Danielle gropes Lipton's face, he's all, your head smells like cheese. <laughs> I am lactose intolerant. <laughs> Beside me, Mr. Glass is all, Classic slasher sci-fi. <laughs> he gets it. Danielle tricks Lipton into believing she's French, which I guess she thinks Helen Keller was, by knocking over a bowl of marbles, pulling down a tapestry, beating him with a cane, and saying checkmate. <laughs> Meanwhile, at the hospital, Tree stumbles on the cop masturbating, so she holds a gun to his head till he finishes. Sorry, <laughs> Also, there's a killer on the loose. Go get help. The cop runs away screaming. Back in Lipton's chess marbles tapestry room. <laughs> hey, you're not French. You're a hot, dumb student I see every day. What? <laughs> he leaves Danielle there to break more school property and tries to break into his lab to murder the nerds, but Carter tricks him with the couch. Back at the hospital, the doctor and his wife, slow clap, put on pig masks from Tree's school for some reason, <laughs> look at Tree and go, by the way, we're killers in this. <laughs> also, by the way, he shoots his wife, then chases Tree around until she tricks him by using a screwdriver on an MRI. <laughs> um, that was a little far-fetched. Carter's all, yay, we did it, Tree, we killed a doctor. <laughs> Carter, I just want you to know I'm only going back for one reason. He misunderstands and starts to kiss her, just as James Lipton explodes. The clock tower bogs, Tree farts awake. Oh, hey, I thought you'd want to sleep in. Something towels. Danielle? The girl I wish was my girlfriend? Aw. The Asian guy runs in. I think I shit my pants. Tree and Carter both affectionately ignore him and start to slowly kiss. Tree farts awake in a coach seat and realizes she's on the final destination plane just as it takes off. The end. All right. <laughs> Kelly, well, that helped a lot. Now I think I, I understand the it's movie. It's hard. Better. There's jokes already. All right, good. Well, I think I cleared up a few things. Dingus, you I go too. first. What did you think of Happy Death Day to you? What's a movie that's better than this and a movie that's not quite as good? Um, I liked this movie. Aw, tricked me. And I loved the first one. Um, yeah. I quite like this. Uh, so over it, I would put uh, Edge of Tomorrow um, because uh, I like, uh, I love Edge of Tomorrow, but I really, really liked this a lot. And I like the 
the way they the way that the uh, writer tries to like um, wedge in some stakes into it. He doesn't really quite set out the rules, but the main character doesn't know the rules, and he doesn't have an Emily Blunt character to explain the rules to us. Um, uh, but yeah, I, yeah, I quite like this actually. And under it, I would put Life Force. Why Life Force? Yeah, it's just another sci-fi horror movie that I uh, I like. Uh, I liked a lot because it had more nudity in it, um, but it's uh, not as good as this movie. All right, interesting choice. Have you seen Life Force recently? Uh, no. All right, not. I don't think I hate to uh, burst your bubble, Dingus. I don't think it holds up. Just so you know, I'm just warning I, you. I, but Tom Pat- doesn't think anything holds up. Patrick Stewart is in it. Yeah, and he gets hypnotized and has to pretend to be a hot naked chick. It's pretty embarrassing. How can that not hold up? <laughs> All right, have fun watching it. <laughs> Kelly Wand, what did you think of this? What's your over? What's your under? And then I'll go last. Um, it's funny because you talked me out of these. Or the first one, because mm-hmm. of the redemption thing. Mm-hmm. Um, but if you just tune out the redemption stuff, the non-redemption stuff's awesome. And uh, the, re- the redemption stuff is lame, but the at Groundhog Day had Redemption 2. So um, the thing that I think really sells it is uh, Jessica Rhodes really into her character. She seems genuinely committed and genuinely bitchy. And gen- like she, Her performance uh, does a lot in this movie, I think. And I remember reading that Groundhog Day, Bill Murray, is mar- he was a and a divorce right before he shot it. So he was kind of genuinely bitter in the movie, and it might have helped his performance. He was, like, in a foul mood all the time. Uh, but my over... My way over is Primer, because that's my favorite time travel movie. Uh, and my under would be... My way under would be Cloverfield Paradox. <clears throat> Excuse me, but my real under is this movie called Premature, which is, like, uh, it's kind of more of a teen comedy thing. And... The guy keeps re-waking up every time he comes. So he's trying to <laughs> jack it. Wow. Yeah. Wow. It's pretty high concept. All right. Um, well, that's uh, that's what I did with my over and under. I, I hated the sequel. I, I really I, – I like the first one uh, in spite of some serious issues I have with it. Uh, but I, I think this one just is a complete collapse of everything that made the first one for me, enjoyable. Uh, my issue with them, and especially this one, is I don't really think there's much horror going on, and there's certainly not much no. science fiction going on. These are, and especially the second one, the second one leans way too heavily into this conceit. This is a comedy for kids, uh, and <clears throat> I'm I'm okay with that, but I don't feel that it's a good follow-up to the first one. Uh, I don't feel that Christopher Landon can write a script to save his life. This guy is awful. Uh, and the really cool ideas from the from the first movie, I don't think he followed through with very well. So uh, my over and under are bad teen science fiction time loop movies because this whole time loop thing it's a it's a genre basically. Um, so my over is and these are both bad these movies I'm about to tell you about, but they're degrees of bad. And the over and under are for Happy Death Day to you specifically, not the original one which I, I quite liked. Uh, my over is. A movie called Mine Games, not Mind, Mine Games, and it opens with a bunch of kids, like good-looking twenty-somethings, uh, in a car driving somewhere. They're driving to stay in a cabin for the weekend, and their van breaks down, and so they have to walk the rest of the way to the cabin. They're not sure if they're in the right one. They eventually figure out, yeah, I guess we are. They find an old mine nearby. 
that is uh, all like abandoned. <clears throat> they go exploring in it, uh, and it eventually becomes a time loop movie that is actually pretty gruesome. It follows through on some cool things, and one of the moments where I think Mind Games actually Mind Games is much truer to the conceit that the original one played with of being a slasher movie. And of course, this the I'm gonna spoil Mind Games for you a little bit. The solution is that they're the slashers and they're the victims because of this whole weird time loop thing. And there's a really cool moment in Mind Games where uh, a couple of guys find their own corpses in the mine. So they go back to everyone and they're freaked out and they're like, "Guys, we got to get out of here. Something really weird happened." We found our own bodies there, and they're like, no, I don't believe you. Come on, no, show us. And in any other movie, they would go and they would show them, and hey, the corpses have been moved. But no, they go to the mine, they show them, and yeah, those bodies are there, and everybody's freaked out. Um, so Mind Games does uh, – it follows through with its slasher conceit much better. It is – I'm sorry, I'm burying the lead here. It's a Brianna Evigan movie, of course. Uh, and I love the final shot of Mind Games. Uh because the whole time loop thing is that in order for them to survive this slasher movie, they've got to break the cycle. And the movie thinks it's super clever by invoking the Ouroboros. At a certain point, someone opens a book and reads about the Ouroboros, uh, just in case you're slow in the audience and you need to understand what it is. And they explain that to you. Uh, and the very end, Brianna Evigan, like there's a really cool, gruesome reveal where you find out that, yep, Brianna Evigan, she made it and she, she breaks the, the cycle. Mind games, though, not very good. What causes the time loop in mind games, by the way? An aurora borealis. Um, look up <laughs> Those are really rare, Tom. Well, they, well, they look up in the They're sky like and they say, they say, hey, we're too far south for an aurora borealis. Uh, so they acknowledge that. That erga, then obviously time is involved. Right. The second movie, which is worse than Happy Death Day to you, and again, it's a teen time loop horror movie, and it plays much more with the conceit of being a horror movie than uh, a comedy like Happy Death Day. And I think actually this has a, a decent premise for a script, but it is just so flubbed because it's one of those uh, teen horror movies. So I've mentioned before a movie called Cam, which I really like because it is about a, a cam girl who's super just preoccupied uh, with and, – and, and she's super annoying at first – but it becomes a really cool existential apocalypse movie, and it's not just about this this young tween girl's uh, obsession with being sexualized and making money and being popular. This movie I'm going to tell you guys about now has a really cool conceit, but it dwells on the fact that this guy is moping over his girlfriend who broke up with him, and that's like what we're supposed to care about most in the movie is we want our hero to get back with his girlfriend because tedious, so tedious. It's like tedious teen drama. And it takes place in the context of this time loop is caused by a meteorite that lands near a telephone pole. And uh, blue energy gets into the electricity. And the electricity gets carried over to where these kids are having a big old party. It's a big old house party. And it creates a time loop where like 30 minutes earlier it makes a copy of everyone else. And – Right before and, – and these copies, these these second versions of people – and the movie, by the way, because it's set at a party and the conceit is that second versions of people have been created. The movie is called Plus One. Get it? That's good. So these copies – That's a great of, idea. And, and the conceit sure. is that these copies of people are strangely hostile to the originals. Uh, <laughs> and what happens is as just as they're about to come together, the copies vanish. 
and they think, oh, I, I guess we're okay. But then the time loop starts again, but this time instead of being 30 minutes away, now they're 20 minutes away. And then right before they encounter each other, it vanishes, and then it backs up, and now they're 10 minutes away. And these two groups of people are getting closer and closer, and the hero, only the hero understands what's going on. And the movie's super into this idea that he's going to use this to win his girlfriend back because he has a conversation with her about how to win her back, and, and she shuts him down. She calls him an idiot. She says he's pathetic, and it's awesome, by the way, because the lead actor in this is such a douchebag. He's horrible. Uh, she shuts him down, so on the next time loop, he uses the stuff that he's learned to do it correctly uh, uh redemption yeah redemption but as the time loops get closer and closer a cool thing happens in this movie and i'm afraid i'm making this movie sound cool it's not it's terrible in that the people start realizing hey these copies that are getting closer and closer to us because they realize we've got to run and hide from these uh and they're the the copies are reliving the same party over and over again uh they realize as they're getting closer and closer to them hey they hate us they're going to kill us we should go kill them instead so and then they end up like regenerating like closer and closer until eventually they all spawn in the same room and everybody is trying to murder a copy of him or herself like with their bare hands, which sounds like a cool idea. But guess where this goes? Like guess – can you guess – They all start having sex. That, right. Not even quite – like imagine so the, the time they loop merge gets, gets short. They merge, yeah. Kelly Wan, to where nothing has happened. <laughs> like suddenly oh, – it's the, the, disappointing. The situation, that's an adjustment bureau ending. Exactly. The situation resolves itself uh, by like just the, – yeah. they, they end up melding together, and one character even has a line about, oh, it's just us, but which us is it? And then the credits Ew. roll. Yeah. Why would he say that? Because it's for kids, and the, the I know, movie assumes kids are dumb. make ruins what – Yeah. It's like the opposite of primer. Yeah, yeah, exactly. It's exactly the opposite, and this stuff always has to be explained in plus one. Yeah, plus one is terrible. Happy Death Day to you is better than plus one, uh, but it's not quite as good as Mind Games, none of which I liked. So, Dingus, I'm super, shark I'm yeah. super surprised you liked this. Uh, explain what you liked about Happy Death Day to you. Uh, well, first of all, uh, let me just say that um, we have a writer in her, Lucas, who agrees with you that basically – uh, the slasher aspect of the movie is completely lost, and I think. Yeah, but deliberately, I think. Yeah. Um. So, so her decision to do, um. To, to go back renders the slasher aspect completely lost, and I think that, uh, it just doesn't work for him at all. But for me, um, what I like about this is. Uh, is seeing these movies back to back, I I got this I, this the sense that you could you could stack you could start to stack these movies if you could do that. And you've already said, Tom, that because of what's going on with uh, how much money it's made, that it's that that's probably not going to happen. You could sort of shift genres and move forward with different. With a with multiple genres of this same movie, um, if you wanted to, because the the first movie was more of a comedy horror movie. This is more of a comedy sci-fi horror movie. It's like Army and, of Darkness. And you could continue to do that going forward. You could sort of make a little Happy Death Day universe if you wanted to. Uh, you could make a a a romantic comedy, or you could make a drama, or whatever. Um, 
But I think the main the main thing I like I like about it is that I think the lead actress is so good um, that I was won over, and part of that is seeing these two movies back to back because she's so good in that first. She has movie. a great voice. Yeah. She has a great voice. She has a great demeanor. She has a she. She's she shows a lot a, of range in that first movie. She's genuinely bitchy. Yeah, it, she opens it as as a total jerk, and then she kind of learns through uh, going through all of these different uh, layers of the movie not to be a jerk anymore. And she's not a jerk uh, in the second one. That arc's done. Which is my reason. Which part of my issue with the second one too is there's nowhere for the character to go, and therefore they don't have as much to play with with Jessica Roth. Because I, I agree with you, Dingus. She's she's so winsome, and I mean I love all the roommates from La La Land, but she's clearly she's easily my favorite, uh, even in La La Land, and she's great here, and she totally carries that first movie. Uh, yeah. That first movie is all about hey, look how charming uh, Jessica Roth is. Who is she? Where did she come from? What other things can I see her in? Uh, yeah. She's not only charming though. She's also she emer- her. She knows how to make a character emerge, uh, or allow a character to emerge, um, and to grow, and that's not necessarily easy to do in a movie of this kind. Uh, you know, to to con- contain that sort of uh, how am I going to let this character slowly emerge over the course of making a movie? Because as we all know, movies aren't shot sequentially for the most part it's very rare for a movie to be to be shot sequentially so you have to be aware of where was i at this point in that time and what was i doing with the character at this point in that time and she handles all of that so well uh and she also handles the comedy well she handles the the weird sort of horror aspects of it and this the scream queen kind of stuff too um and the romantic aspects of it very well. Uh, I agree with you, Tom, that this movie is not as well written as the first one, which is why I would say that I really like this movie, but I really pretty much loved the first movie. Um, uh, I I don't think it's as well written. It doesn't make sense. It doesn't come together. Yeah. Um, the mom uh, stuff's boring as shit. There's tons of it. So well, well, once she, once schmaltz, she, schmaltz, schmaltz. once she Jesus. finally kisses him at the end, there's no reason to banish her mother to purgatory. I mean, she might as well just stay in this dimension because it's clear that their romance but is I, going to go forward. Is your analog go to the other dimension? This other thing. And the movie's I, I not interested in exploring so many of these ideas. I like know, the idea where the, the Asian uh, – not Glenn. I forget the Asian fellow's name. But where there's a copy of himself, I thought, and also from the way that the, the logo played, I thought this was going to be a, a movie about them dealing with copies of themselves. And the movie right. had no interest in exploring no. this intriguing idea that it introduces early it on. Uh, and yeah. I just think Christopher Landon as a writer – is just really incurious and super formulaic, yeah. and he just pushes a boring genre. If you look at, he did a movie a couple of years ago, uh, which is a zombie apocalypse with Boy Scouts, and it's got Ty Sheridan, who's great, uh, and it's just so completely flat, and it's just got horrible humor in it. Uh, I think everything that Christopher Landon has done that someone else wrote, it, at least is decent, but pretty much the well, actually. 
I can only think of the last movie. But I, I just think he just has no con. He's just got no curiosity and no range as a writer. Why didn't they I get think. the same writer? Like why didn't? Why I don't know. Who knows? Like money. I, I'm guessing it. Kelly Wand that Christopher Landon decided he wanted to I do it. So, so this Scouts movie, he did that, and then he did he did a script for the Catfish guys in that movie. Tanked. Ugh. Um, so he did a couple of horror movies that tanked, and then he did Happy Death Day two with uh with with someone else's script and i think that that was probably a, something that happened to his career is he does these two movies he writes this uh, movie called viral he writes and directs scout's guide to the apocalypse neither of them does very well so they eventually come to him and say hey here's this script we're not going to let you do your own thing but you can do this guy's script and he's like okay i'll, I'll do that and i'm just guessing Based on and how he goes, I'm a genius. Exactly, but then it makes a ton of money for Blum, and Blum is like, okay, you want to do the next one? Because obviously this guy likes writing his own stuff, going way back to Disturbia. Uh, and so you think Blum would go well? The writer Blum doesn't care how good a movie is. Jason Blum and Universal, they don't care if the movie's good. They're just right. playing Happy with Death the Day brand. Is good. I... So they don't care if if uh, Christopher Landon wants to write his own movie, and they don't care if the movie explores concepts. They just know that it's a sequel, and it has to be 90 minutes, and it has to appeal to the kids who saw the first one. Um, so that's part of my disappointment is he just doesn't – there are these cool ideas introduced that he just doesn't play with, and the script just has no ambition, and it's not at all curious, and it doesn't want to push any sort of character arc, which Jessica Roth is really good at. Yeah. Uh, and here's the thing is early on there are a couple of things I really enjoyed and that got me super hopeful for it. One is uh, I had no idea they were going to go back to the time loop for the first movie. And that was a yeah. great revelation. That was a great reveal. And, and yeah. just letting Jessica Roth just unleash her frustration was a lot of fun to watch. Yeah. Um, yeah. And I enjoyed. She seems too, genuinely bummed, like, oh, right, which is great. And she's just so yeah. fed up with the, that. She's going back. She's scared. She's well, she's sad. going back. Yeah. She's going back to her bitchy self too. And I was thinking, okay, yeah. well, is there going to be a character arc here? And I also loved too how playful and how self-aware the bit was with the napkin and the pencil, with demonstrating the multiverses. That was a great gag because that's in every movie. <laughs> multiverses. Someone folds right. a piece of paper, and the, the the kid who did it had no idea what it meant. And that that was a great joke. So I'm totally – I'm thinking, okay, I'm in good hands. He's got a sense of humor. He knows how to use yeah. Jessica Roth. And then we get to – and there wasn't a single moment after this where I didn't loathe this movie. We get to that montage that opens with her throwing the it, – it becomes a goofy comedy, throwing the hairdryer in the bathtub and then waking up with like something out of a cartoon with the black face and the smoke and the afro. And it's like, what? That's the thing. Is like, That's the movie we're going to do this? Movie that, that, she keep, that she's taking damage, and it, she, it remains with her, and it shows up on her x-rays. But <laughs> that's different from that. Which is just, again, part of, like, he just introduces that at the, at the 11th hour to explain why uh, we've got to suddenly be dramatic as she's getting weaker as she goes. Uh, that, that's like Although, a last-minute thing. They look have. how many more deaths she had in her... At the end of the first movie, she's like, "I'm getting weaker," and then all this happened. But and just the tone with the generic, the with the generic like music and and drinking bleach. Like that that's idea. drinking Drano is gruesome. Uh, yeah. Well, she that, she didn't know. That's like, why but that's she, the thing. If you wanted, when she drinks the water, she's like, "Ugh." But if you want to play that as a black comedy, that's fine. But they're just playing it as this chipper little fun. Hey, dying over and over again, gruesome, painful ways. Ah, eh, whatever. Because when, by the way, when she, yeah. when she's handcuffed, running from the the killer, and she yeah. falls off the roof, I'm thinking like that's pretty gruesome. 
like being handcuffed and falling. Normally when somebody falls, their arms are pinwheeling. And that's like a a really weird, gruesome image is someone handcuffed with their hands behind their back falling off of a building. Sure. And then we segue to, oh, look, I'm going to drink bleach in front of the the fat guy who's shopping. Oh, my hair's puffy. Well, the the jump off the roof was was involuntary. She was being chased. Right. Right. It becomes a comedy about – about hey these fun suicides we <laughs> yeah, yeah. They're, all, they're all gags you're all right right and and yeah that's exactly. fine though it's like I think to me I like those things that you're t- complaining about there because uh, I like them as character touches like Jessica Rouse now become this kind of person like fuck it I don't even care if it hurts I'm just gonna drink Drano like it does hurt and she's just like after all I've been through I, it's a novelty at this point like she's bored by it she points and out so, too and I I think this is retconning and I disagree strongly that she only uh, went through eleven iterations in the first movie and I don't really? think the first no, I think the first it was, movie it was sixteen I thought yeah, well I think the first movie wants you to think it's a lot more than that like I think the first Groundhog Day is ten thousand years exactly exactly. Exactly. I think the first movie wants it to be open to that sort of interpretation, and when it becomes like that, complete, that's a completely manageable number is uh, the times that she died. And I, I like the I, redemption. I, yeah. I just feel that minimizes the the kind of open endedness that, that the first movie had. You um, remember that? No, book but I... the opening movie, the first movie, still had her getting that abdominal pain and getting weaker. Right. I mean, I mean that's kind of an interesting the way to set it to to say uh i have a limited amount of of uh replicas i can make of myself basically uh you know it, you know when you xerox something over and over and over again it it becomes degraded and i think that that's what's happening to her but she doesn't have again as i said about edge of tomorrow she doesn't have an emily blunt there to explain to her what's going on she has to figure this out for herself and right. she's starting to feel pain. She, some there's a there's a moment where she she actually says this, and this is where I disagree with Lucas is that she she has uncertainty and pain as she's going through this. Was, so people are like, "What's the big deal? Just die again." She's like, "It hurts every time." I mean, yeah. she's very clear that getting stabbed over and over again stays with me, and. Uh, I kind of like that aspect of it, and the and at first she's convincing. Like, she makes you kind of feel it. Well, yeah, she does, and that whole idea of I don't I don't have any more of these left. Um, this might be the last one. Uh, she doesn't know. There, there's no rule set. She doesn't have a rule book she can read. She doesn't have some guru she can go to to figure out how many more times she has to be replicated. Um, this so then, all that big. tension about this being the last time is false. Like she doesn't right. know if she has another one in her. No, she. But it's not false. It's it's uncertainty. It's this. No, it's the, the movie wants you to think, Dingus, this is her last chance. I mean, all of this is just narrative comedy. Because if you have like an infinite time loop, like Groundhog Day, then yeah, I can go ten thousand times. This movie needs to, and the first one. I guess I didn't remember it from the first one. This movie needs to put a, an expiration date on it to manufacture a sense of drama and tension. Right, right. The same way that it needs to have that dumb counter, you know, that all dumb movies do where you huh. watch the little progress bar. It that It's the dramatic equivalent. It's the narrative equivalent of one of those progress bars. Uh, and this that, that last iteration, like that's her last chance to do it, uh, even though you're right, there's – it's not a rules-based thing. 
Uh, it's just the movie wants us to think, okay, this is this super clutch moment. She's got to decide now because it's the last time. All this stuff about iteration goes out the window so we can have that dramatic moment where she decides. Bust out the French comedy. Mom or Carter. Yeah. But don't, don't you think that adds to it, though? Because it's it's not well, just. Well, they do it twice. It's, it's not just that she thinks it's the last moment. She knows it's the last moment. She thinks it could be. So it's it's not this this thing like Edge of Tomorrow where he can just keep dying over and over and over again until his blood gets changed. Uh, she has to face the fact that next time might not be a next time. I, I wouldn't say it adds to it. I would say it just shows how lazy a writer Christopher Landon is. Like I, how I just is, how is that lazy though? I mean he's because he's, he's got a manufacture using... he's got a manufactured drama intention. And I I I don't even think he does it successfully. Like he's gotta tell us this is the last moment that she can do this. Through that character. And like it should be the doctor saying it, like if this or Carter. But like she doesn't someone's... have she doesn't have an external person telling because she's the first person to go through this i know so how would she's she like, know it's yeah, one more she time. doesn't she but know. she knows that she's getting weaker and it's and and she's in pain and she faints and she's she's got this, this that's different this pain going on and she's and she intuits that's, it's making I me guess. insane uh, i only have one more chance just going, oh. So I think that for her, it's like, let's treat this as if it's just one more chance. I mean, the movie doesn't say that. You're right, Tom. Uh, there might be a certain laziness there. But I think I, I think that introduction of that idea of her as an emerging character, understanding that, that this isn't going to go on infinitely. This isn't going to go on for 10,000 years. This might just happen one more time. And but then to have that... the character go, I know I only have one chance left, arbitrarily. It's no. just as arbitrary I know to what me. you're both saying. Like, like, here's two. Here's another sign of, I think, Landon being a terrible writer. How about that crime reveal that it was really the doctor and his wife? Like, at that moment, who cares? Who cares? Like, why? That was the worst. Like, here's what the... Here's what really happened. Because in the first movie, with the poison cupcake and the roommate, that was kind of cool. Like, you're yeah. wondering, and, and the roommate was a cool character. You don't see it coming, and it explains it, and you're like, oh, that kind of makes sense. And it lives up to this solution it creates. It is so incredibly the random. by dying and, and – Exactly, and there's a little moment, too, oh, wait, where she died. discovers it, and she realizes that, yeah. you know, w w about when she didn't eat the cupcake and when she did eat it. Yeah. But the, the reveal with the doctor and his wife, like, that was just so out of left field, and not Something even was it out of left field. That was the field. original ending of the first one, and then they, they changed it, so he's actually stealing. But go on. Oh, well, I, just, I mean, I Over can't believe – I'm not the least bit surprised that they didn't use that in the first one because that was just so weak. Like, what – I don't care about this. <laughs> like, that was that, – that was the worst – Unpacking of the real mystery, I've, one of the worst I've ever seen. I was like, so what? The so the, doctor... the doctor's wife, you literally have nothing invested in. Exactly, nothing. exactly. She was so yeah. someone you don't know, and she's been an op, like an extra. In a couple of scenes. And the movie she's sells it to us though with the same kind of enthusiasm, and it expects that we're going to yeah, have the yeah, same yeah. aha as the it's poison a shark job. as the poison cupcake stuff with with Ruby Modine, who was really good. And the doctor, he's just like a British marmy guy out of central casting. Like, like Ruby Modine, yeah. like she, she was really cool, like having to be like the super sympathetic kind of nerdy athletic roommate to the killer. Like she carried that. She was a dynamic actress. Um, Why so would they have the masks? <laughs> I don't know. Never yeah, the, and the yeah, dude gets, they're killing her at the hospital where he works. 
because that's the simplest place. Well, and to yeah, go. and shooting is why. I mean, that's the thing is I just don't think I think the all yeah, of that gets super. All of that gets, just gets super lazy. It's just like, hey, let's just throw stuff out there. It doesn't have to be it's plausible. If it, it was good, we. Right, but can't you just see those as part of the joke? I mean, there's nobody in that hospital. Nobody works there except I don't, yeah, for like one person. Yeah, know. no, this movie's idea of joke stingus is her hair being puffed out with an afro and smoke coming out of her. Uh, this yeah. movie's, uh, I mean, I guess you're right. Like you could theoretically look at it as as this clever uh, sort of dig at itself, like a self-aware bit, like with the napkin and the pencil. I like, but I just, yeah, full throttle, bro. But at this point, yeah, I just, what's full throttle? What do you mean? Well, just how in the second Charlie's Angels, but they kind of didn't give a shit about things making sense. They're just like, eh, oh, I thought you were whatever. referencing the game or something. Oh, right. But, no, but no, I, no. I, I don't think that. I, yeah, I didn't get the sense that it was going for self-aware humor with the the hospital being empty and the who done it being revealed. Uh, so I think it is lazy. Just, of, yeah. no, it's not lazy. It's it's a deliberate joke, or it's they couldn't afford extras. I mean, th- there's nobody. Nobody is staffing this hospital. I mean, that's one of that's. Isn't I mean you guys know slasher movies better than I do, but isn't that isn't that kind of riffing on that? That that suddenly nobody is here in in the library or the hospital. Well, that's not the or... part I'm calling lazy. I'm calling lazy the, the wife and the doctor. Yeah, the, the crime reveal. Yeah. Like I mean, that's, that's oh a, my god, it's them. No. I mean, as like, Kelly Wan was talking about with this idea suspects. of as Kelly Wan was talking about with this idea of a slasher who's terrible at his job, slashers. The, the hospital's always unoccupied. It's only the one lone nurse who will get murdered. There's nobody in the library. The slasher knows where the person's going to go. I mean, like in the first movie, the slasher always knew where to be and was right. one step ahead of the right. victim. So I, I don't think that having an empty hospital is, is anything distinct or, or new. At this or, point. Yeah, I mean, that's a slasher and movie I, trope. Is it the I slasher? I kind of like the blackout thing. Like that winds up being the blackout. I didn't even catch that, Kelly Wand. Yeah, but yeah. So that's Although the it really idea. Really doesn't because it was a rolling blackout anyway. But I kind of like that's not bad. Well, what's bad <laughs> about like it the... though is, I mean, that just also. I guess I was just so broken up with the movie at this point. You don't cause a blackout by ramming the side of a substation. That's fine. Like, no, that's okay. you're okay with that. That's All right. Okay. Sure. At that point, and compared to other things, like I don't want to see Danielle do French instead oh, of more God. time travel. Jokes. Oh, where did like, that when come from? It's like Back to the Future Three when then suddenly it's a western. They're not even time traveling anymore. And like. Ugh. I mean, another no, I in, in support of like joke. Dingus's observation, I love the bit where she doesn't know Groundhog Day and she doesn't know Back to the Future yeah. too. Like those are very clever, self-aware little bits of writing, which I really like. It's even, um, it's even more stacked against her. Do you remember um, that that book I I made you read and you you got mad at me because you thought it was retarded called Re- Replay? That wasn't that bad. It was good. I just didn't feel and like it was had a some really good ideas in it. Like, well, it was a, they, like he meets a woman who's also it's happening to, and right. they hook up. Right. And then there, one, there's a, they meet a guy who's like a serial killer, going through all these dimensions. Like he's a serial killer. Ground. No, yeah, I've, you've made me read far worse than that. That was fine. Replay was okay. And the tension on that was like each time he he came back, he'd relive his life for those decades. But then each time he'd die on the same day, no matter what he did, no matter how much health he tried to change about himself and then each time he'd come back a little later so he was like each time he, he that's like the timer he's like I'm, I'm coming back like at an older age each time i Did love I do... the line you've made me read far worse than that yeah <laughs> uh, did, I you, was did either of you see the uh the romantic comedy with donald gleason called uh, and rachel um, rachel nichols i forget uh called about time where he no. 
he can go it's back that. in time and I haven't seen it. It's one where he can go back in time and uh like play over and over again uh moments where he's trying to meet and get a girl to fall in love with him until he gets it right. Uh it's another time loop movie I think that I didn't see. Uh, and, and neither of you has seen Time Lapse. Kelly, one it seems like you would see that with Danielle Panabaker. Wow, I'd see anything with her. But uh, say the name again, so I can watch. Uh, it it's today. called Time Lapse, Sarah. and the concept—it's actually not that good. It's—it's it's right up there with Mind Games, I would say. How much is she in it? Uh, it's a, it's a basically it's a three person movie and it's her and a guy named Matt O'Leary who was the little kid in Brick uh, who is a, a Joseph Gordon-Levitt's sidekick uh, and no. that guy Matt O'Leary grows up to be a super annoying like twenty something actor he's uh, but so it's him uh, Daniel Panabaker and some guy I've never seen before and they're all roommates who live in an apartment and every day they uh, what is it they receive a Polaroid of where they're going to be the next day shot through their window and uh they eventually find out that in an apartment across the way there's some sort of big huge camera that takes this picture and sends it back in time to them and they don't know what's going to happen if they don't live up to what's happening in the picture so they go and find the picture for the next day and they're like okay well we've got to do this and uh it so it's a time loop movie that it's, it's dark it's suitably dark uh, it's got some cool ideas, uh, but it's a little clunky because, again, there's this really cosmic uh, shift happening with time and space, and the movie ends up being about the guy in love with his girlfriend and upset that she's uh, into him. You know why I hate that trope, why it's so tedious to me, is in movies I always think, oh, the screenwriter's getting over a bad relationship. <laughs> you know, I, I, have to, I have to be there for it and watch his fucking stages of grief, and it's like... Uh, give me some fucking time travel shit, bitch. We can both get out of it. Uh, can you a... tell me about something similar where there's a guy, the library, the guy at the, who works not in the library at a bookstore? Well, the, you might be thinking of, of her, that that uh, horrible Catherine Kepner crime thing. The, the bookstore thing is where the guy, it's the girl in the basement thing. Where yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, no, that's not All a right. time travel thing, though. All right. Um, <laughs> the, I, I did mention those mixed up. Uh, yeah. You guys, you guys know the movie Triangle, right? Christopher yeah. Smith. Yeah, so, yeah. Christopher eh. Smith. Well, no, but Christopher Smith's last movie, uh, his most recent one, I've, I've mentioned before. It's got Emery Cohen, who was the, the sort of the schlubby Brooklyn boyfriend in. Uh, it's called Brooklyn. The Saoirse Ronan. What was that movie called? Yeah, yeah Brooklyn. Brooklyn. Yeah, Brooklyn. I'm so he, he. Emery Cohen was in that, and it's got Ty Sheridan also. Who? Uh, uh, it's a movie called Detour. Which is um, – it's kind of like a split-time movie. Uh, you can imagine it's the guy who did Triangle, and this is his most recent script that he's also directed. And unlike – like it has a unique solution to uh, the gimmick of a time loop. Like I've never seen this done before. So uh, if you want to see a unique contribution to this split-time loop concept, uh, I recommend a movie called Detour. Uh, from the guy who did Triangle. And you like it. Uh, Luke, yes, yes. Luke S. brings up Triangle as well, and, and also prime, uh, Primer Primer, and Coherence. Yeah. Oh, Coherence, sure, sure, right. Yeah. yeah. Oh, El Incidente should be my over. El Incidente is more like a space loop than a time loop, though, right? Yeah, I guess so. I mean, but it's got it's some the of the same... same... 
Right, it's playing with this idea of time and space, and yeah, and what would you, yeah, it's uh, and it's much more true to its the idea of horror as as well. Uh, yeah, but Primer, I think, pretty much is. Uh, Primer, have you seen Primer, Dingus? It's so fucking good. <laughs> yes, I know. You th- why would you think Dingus hasn't seen Primer? Shane <laughs> I don't know. I feel Shane I just has done make two sure movies. Everyone's seen it. Yeah, he's done no, two I know, movies. I, I think anybody who's seen Upstream Color knows, if they hadn't before, knows to see Primer. Yeah. Yeah. Well, uh, it's pretty good. <laughs> so, so Lucas, that dialogue. Uh, something else. We have two writer inners. One is Justin D. Hurd, who really actually liked this movie. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't hate it like Tom does. He just thought it dropped the ball. He thought the original yeah. a mix of horror and comedy, and this one doesn't necessarily do that. But I like that it exists. Uh, but <laughs> but Lucas says something interesting. He says it reminded me of something. Uh, he's saying this something that. Dingus said during the solo podcast uh, that it's answering questions no one asked and uh, it explained things better left ambiguous, which reminded me of Prometheus, actually, but but it reminded him of us talking about solo because it's answering questions nobody was wanting to ask. Yeah, because you don't need to – this whole idea of, oh, it's a science project, like no one – cares like that it's like the aurora borealis and <laughs> mind games or the the meteorite getting into the electricity and plus one like you don't know you don't don't come up with some dumb so you just look dumber when you come up with something like that well fine uh, vagina is turns out to be a physics genius and so is carter which by the way we should have if he's on the if he's doing time loop experiments wouldn't that have come up in the first movie <laughs> yeah, her. you would think, right. If she's, yeah. if she's like, hey, I'm living the same day or whatever. Hey, you know what's weird? We're doing this machine. Well, even All things, right. too, like when he says, and I guess this this isn't, when he when he says to her in the first movie, I know you probably don't remember my name, if he is dating her best friend, why yeah. would he think that she doesn't know his name? Right. And it's, Or he knows her name. Right. It's just that the movie just doesn't, it, it's like yeah. lazy. It doesn't care. It's like, okay, we're going to go in this direction. We've got a little bit of a of a hitch with something he said in the first movie with their relationship, uh, and then he says it again, which makes no sense if he's dating Danielle. Uh, yeah, but it's just. And I it's, think I. Go on. I mean, it, it's it, yeah. It's I. I just don't think it. Like like Luke said, and like Prometheus and Solo, there are certain things just leave them alone. No one needs these. You know why it doesn't bother me as much as I think it bothers you in this case is. It's not like is it's not like a high art thing where I'm like oh this is destroying my childhood memories of Death Day one like it's it's I watched them back to back like Dingus and I was also I thought it was cute like the things you're complaining uh. about like <laughs> it it didn't it didn't make me go fuck right. this movie the way it did you it made me go ah they got Daniel like I liked that they got all those sets back and those like every all the characters came back and all these same extras right. and they're having to redo it again and the same if location. you think of it as like a tv series it's pretty inoffensive but i, I for, for me it's uh it's just the promise of the first one should have been developed further rather than let down like this like sure it, when you do a, a sequel you go in a different direction like you, <laughs> you you push you push something further you do something uh, well they try they just did, fail right right uh, all right so uh, to, to that to what you just said tom uh, Justin D. Heard wanted to ask you specifically um, about any hints about the explanation of the first movie. He said the director noted that there are Easter eggs and hints in the first movie that if you looked closely, 
But upon rewatching the first one after Quantum Mechanics in the second, all I found were rolling blackouts. I didn't see any production design that hinted toward the multiverse. Maybe that's what they means. So he's wondering if, if there were things that were hinting toward the multiverse in the first movie that you picked up on. He, he's specifically asking you. I, I, I don't think there are any. Because I think Why the first is movie is, is tricky. He might not know that you guys have seen – because I've talked about this before. He might not know that Tom you guys have seen it. talked about it before. Yeah. And he's, yeah. Uh, I, I, yeah, I think the first movie, Scott Lobdell's script, is, is a straight-up time loop. And here – and this is clearly, you know, Scott – or Christopher Landon needs to explain it in the whole studio logo. Here, it's a, a multiverse gimmick. Uh, we, and also with the idea of bringing a character to meet himself. Like, that's a multiverse thing. Uh, and it doesn't – get explored so so no i don't i would be super surprised if you can point to anything in the first movie as textual support for a multiverse gimmick maybe okay. you can I, and i missed it i mean i don't, I know don't it recall any that well but i think it's a cheat to to say nope wasn't a time loop it was a multiverse and, and furthermore i don't really care one way or the other uh neither but, does the movie yeah and i think neither does the movie right uh, asian doppelganger I was really, I was like, oh, how is that? Because I was watching the whole movie going, I wonder how the Asian doppelganger thing is going to happen. Well, and, and I then... kept waiting for them to lift the mask off, and it was going to be Jessica Roth under there. Like, I wanted yeah. them to do something like that. I wanted her to get to yeah. talk to herself. Oh, that's a good idea, actually. Like, yeah. one of the really cool things. Or the mom. Instead of one the, of the really uh, low-rent Carrie Elways. Yeah, what, oh, that's exactly, yeah, yeah. Dingus. Exactly, yes. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, one of the really yeah. cool things in the movie Plus One uh, is that there's there's a there are a few stock characters. There's the the nerd who can't get laid. Uh, there's the well-meaning, good-looking fella. Uh, there's the girl who's like strong and independent. And then there's a super meek girl who can't talk to boys. Um, and she's super shy and nerdy. And as these copies of each other start catching up with them, and they're having to evade them and get away from them and they fight, the super shy, nerdy girl comes up to her copy and befriends her. And they end Aww. up running around holding hands and even kissing. Uh, and it's a really cool idea that it just makes me so mad that the movie wasn't like, there's so many cool ideas in plus one. And and it focuses on this one douchebag mooning over his girlfriend who he's not worth she's not he's not worthy of her. But there's this really cool idea is that what if the really shy girl just needed to meet and talk to herself? And how would that turn out? And she's even into herself because maybe she's a lesbian. That was a really cool idea. So she's I was a narcissist. I was yeah. hoping it was that but that's not the idea of narcissism. It's not like she's full of herself. She just needs to reassure herself and like, like it was a super sweet, tender, <laughs> cute moment. It wasn't an uh, it wasn't an, an indictment of her in any way. Did like she was one of the yourself? only characters. She was one of the only characters really? who didn't go into a murderous rage against herself. Um, so I was, I was hoping there would job? be something where we would see Jessica Roth meeting herself or interacting with herself. And I just felt like we got that. I, we should have had that. I feel like that we got robbed by not getting that. Yeah. Especially after it sets it up with the two Asians. Right, exactly, because oh. I thought that's what we were being set up for, is, oh. Then it goes back to time loop. Yeah. But it's a different, yeah, that's disappointing. Uh, you guys know uh, Time Crimes, I, I presume, as well. Like, that's another great yeah. time loop movie. Um, but, you know, why I only like this and don't love it Luke. is, at the, at the end, if if they're falling in love anyway, she might as well keep her mom alive. 
and stay in this universe. Well, that's a, that's uh, that's why it's super convenient that Danielle is actually a terrible person having uh you know sleeping Cheating with yeah exactly. But she's also but not Danielle, the same Danielle anyway. Danielle has helped them. No, right. no, Danielle's and a terrible she, person in in reality. She like she's stuff. tricking us, and that's why when the reveal is that they put Danielle in a time loop, she deserves it. She's a bitch. She's terrible. Yeah, now she's we get to torture her. her. No. That that is real. That really does leave a sour taste in your mouth, doesn't it? And it's a super fake out that this. Hey, she's in a world where Danielle's actually a cool person and is a nice person. It's no. Nope. All along, Danielle's terrible, so it's totally fine. She can have her cake and eat it too. She can be with her mom, and she can get Carter to fall in love with her. There's no all this dramatic tension about what choice will she make. It's like when the superhero has to, has to decide: Do I catch the villain, or do I save my girlfriend, or you know, do I save the city, or do I save yeah. my girlfriend? And it turns out if he tries really hard, he can do both of them. It's, it's the same neither. thing with this movie: is it's it's we have to watch her decide, you know, Carter or my mom. Which one do I have to decide? And oops, yeah. guess what? You don't have to decide at all. It's like when somebody has yeah. a terminal uh, disease and they're going to die at the end of a movie, and then at the end the movie decides, guess what? They're fine. They get over it, or it's a misdiagnosis. Like it's setting up a dramatic tension. At the end, everything that we were supposed to be nervous about, that was supposed to create stakes, are just hand-waved away. And I just, that's Well, and she's bitchy because her mom died, but now that the mom dialogue's uh, – Kelly, what, well, what am I – She has her cupcake and eats it too. <laughs> One of my favorite things about this movie – uh, is that scene where because I all I think is I'm a I'm a big baby like you like I found it super touching Jessica Roth I was uh, cry I cried during both these things. I I Jessica uh, Roth with this 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 woman who played her mom who the poor woman wasn't that good like Jessica Roth no. was doing all the heavy lifting there and it's yes. super sincere and there's all that moment about uh there's there's all that talk about uh we're pilots you know, in this <laughs> but I, I was I loved watching that scene and thinking. Haha, ha, Kelly Wand is watching this. Yeah. <laughs> and you would have loved the face I was watching it with. <laughs> yeah. Justin D. Heard teared up during it, too, so ha, ha. Jesus Christ. Yeah. Uh, the, the, the line where I broke up with the movie, and if I think about it, I get annoyed, is when Carter goes to her. But what if that was the life you're supposed to have? Okay, you're the fucking scientist, all right? This is life you're supposed to have? You are talking like that shit about to the girl you're not seeing and then she goes we're together in the other dimension she's like oh that changes everything what doesn't nothing you just said makes any sense and you're supposed to be the smart rational like now he's not worthy of her look what the 360 that turned into 180 I did like yeah, I hate that line. I, I, I like that Carter, kid. And I hate yeah. it, when it. It seemed like such a betrayal of that guy's character when he said, "What if this isn't the life you're supposed to have?" What? I mean, it's yeah. It's like all the, arranged for you, but you're you're because of his dumb machine. She's now in the wrong life she's supposed to have. Like, <laughs> there's no free will. Whatever. Fuck that shit. All right. That really annoyed me. <laughs> Especially him saying it. Like, it's something dumb she should have said, and he would have gone, "No, well, you know." You get to the yada yada yada, and so he's like, "Oh, you go say goodbye to your mom." So the two uh, things that I noticed stupid. being bored—they're like the news crawls—and I've brought this up before, and Kelly Wan <laughs> even made fun of it. Nobody is watching Creature from the Black Lagoon in a hotel room. Like that's only there yeah. because it's public domain, and I can't believe that's what they went with Creature from the Black Lagoon. Really? Yeah. What's it represent? Yeah, exactly. It's just the most random, like what's do Invisible symbolic? Man or something that has some sort of yeah. Uh, is it supposed to be horror? Because the but, movie's not even horror at that point. Going, wait, kids, why are aren't, kids aren't watching news. 
Well, exactly. Also, yeah. two dingus. And, and, and nobody is going to interrupt Creature from the – nobody's going to interrupt a movie. Like wherever you're watching Creature from the Black Lagoon, there's not going to be a news breakthrough. Like that's not how TV works anymore. We that's not how Creature live streaming works Lagoon. anymore. If you're watching Creature from the Black Lagoon in your hotel room, the local news isn't going to break in to tell you that three people got killed at a hospital. <laughs> that's just – but I mean you know, it's a movie conceit. Here's the that's other movie conceit. That's our birthday event is watching Creature from the Black Lagoon and the news together. Well, that's why I think that – my argument about the hospital being empty and some of the other elements of this movie are on purpose. I just think maybe they're a little ham-handed. Um, I mean, but think too, Dingus, how many movies still rely on this idea of the the news bulletin, the, you know, the radio bulletin that the killer escaped from the insane asylum. Like that whole idea of, of people learning stuff from a, an announcement on TV, like that still is such a canard. Like that's such a lazy – Thing that movies do but you uh, don't think he's making fun of that no i don't think christopher landon has that kind of uh, seriously like watch scout's <laughs> guide to the apocalypse i don't think the guy's the guy's humor is obvious and juvenile i, I think i don't think there's much oh. stuff to what he does i think i was much more forgiving of it then you were um, i mean the thing is i just resent i you know, i just love jessica roth so much and i want her to do well she's great and i just she's I, great she is so great and i seriously watching uh the musical number someone in the crowd in la la land my eye always goes to her she's just so dynamic and just happy and chipper i love the other two women callie hernandez and sonoya mizuno are great they're awesome certainly emma stone but my eye just goes right to jessica roth she's just great and i want to see her in like musicals more um so she i just that voice i, I yeah. wanted her to have a better movie <laughs> well she I, got two I movies mean, out of this that's I, more than most people i love the way that she makes the character emerge and i've used that that verb a couple of times that she as she you know does the walk of shame out of the dorm room uh how the different ways that she reacts to the world, you know, to the to the girl with the clipboards, the sprinklers, to the car alarm, to the guy, you know, when she grabbed the pillow, I thought she was grabbing the pillow so she could um, smother herself, smother, no, smother uh, the serial killer. But she was just putting it under the guy who was going to fall down. Uh, I lo- I loved those little bits that in the way that she handles them, even if they're poorly written, as you say, Tom. Uh, I think that well, not the first movie. I'm just talking them. about the second movie. Right, right. Oh, yeah. Well, the first I, movie, Portman is a nurse who <laughs> releases a serial killer, Portman so she can kill her nurse. roommate. Like, how does she know the serial killer is going to kill Tree specifically? And right. Only, these are just these, yeah. These are these are horror movies. And that's from the first movie, the good one. The second movie, and this is before I was still really into the movie. I loved her just screaming, "You're gay!" at that guy. Like that's hilarious. That was great. Yeah. That was a great joke. That was a great callback. And uh, yeah. Why is he trying to get her to text him back? <laughs> <laughs> he's he's mean? in denial, Kelly Wand. Yeah. He's in denial. Yeah. Oh. Uh, She's not interested. All right, so I'm glad you guys saw this. So now you guys share my fondness for Jessica Roth. I just now have to get you on board with Callie Hernandez. We liked it more than you. And Sonoyo Mizuno, the other. What uh, color's her dress? In she's green. Area? She's the green dress. Callie Hernandez is the red uh, dress. Uh, Sonoyo Mizuno is the yellow dress, of course. Uh, the blue dress, Emma Stone, but it's actually Callie Hernandez's character's dress, if you pay attention. That's right. Yeah. Uh. My. <laughs> That's my top. It looks good to me. Uh, okay, so let's now do some math. Uh, 
you guys, I... you guys listening have been so supportive. We've really appreciated. We had no. This year was great. It, uh, a lot of support. I guess we'll go down and read through all the entries for the Make Us Watch Whatever You Want fundraiser, right? And then we'll roll it. I thought it, it was going to be way less this year, but I was wrong. Well, let's go through the number of votes. How do you guys want to do this? You just say it. Well, I don't have the names for what people have voted uh-huh. for. Cause I, well, because I just wrote the, the movie and the, the die roll. You guys have the notes about like who each person is. Yeah. So uh, why don't you guys trade off? So <laughs> I, know, I you know I can do the first one. Left empty. 11 votes for Alien. Uh, and that's where I forget who voted for what. So what, what else do we have? Uh, Ryan... Right. Playing and uh, for Cannonball Run. Is this how we're doing this? Sure. Is this stupid? Is anyone even listening? <laughs> I mean, did we we really did this last year? We read everything. Yeah, we read okay, all. Okay. Sure. Of them no, let's go through it. People, yep. people like this. Yep. So next right. we have the notebook from E Moss. It's a bunch of votes. Keep going. Keep going. Yep. Uh, and also Crystal Skull from Emos. Yeah. Should we just skip the how many votes they put in? Unless it's something exciting? Or is that dumb? Never mind. I'm I'm fine with however you guys want to do it. I'm uh yeah, let's dark, just let's here. just uh, say the the name of the movie and the person who voted for it and let's it, So I can tell you this. We got and this is a better than we did last year, we have two thousand and thirty votes. Which was wow. awesome. Uh, Six hundred of those were, eleven hundred of those were from two people. I mean, we had two incredibly generous people uh, yeah. who have just been so supportive of the podcast. Uh, and I'm not naming any names, but if I were to, they would be Soren Hoogland and Chris Markinson. You guys are awesome. Uh, uh, so actually, jump I'm... to what, what did they vote for? Because the odds, mathematically, Markinson did a weird thing this. Well, not a weird. Markinson did a super cool thing this year, but. A weird thing this year, Soren Hoogland really, really, really wants us to watch – it's not the Kurt Russell Soldier movie, unfortunately, which is what I thought – Universal Soldier Day of Reckoning? What? That's a Jean-Claude Van Damme thing, Ugh, right? Uh. Kelly Wan, do you, do, you, do you claim this is a good movie? No. Where did you get that idea? <laughs> I thought you were vouching for it. It's no happy death day to you, no. <laughs> I don't like Jean-Claude Van Damme movies, although he was in Time Cop, in which he uh, solved paradoxes by kicking them. Wow, the well, that's one way to talk to Jessica Roth. What's the Rock. movie he quit on? Was it Predator? Godfather 3. He was going to be uh, <laughs> Michael Corleone's daughter. <laughs> now, Markinson did a cool thing where he picked several movies, but he also picked several uh, supporters. He was like, whatever this person votes on, I want 50 votes on that. Uh, so Markinson basically buttressed votes from Left Empty or David uh, D, uh, Chris Webb, David Perkins, who actually didn't vote this year. So what we did was we took David Perkins, Dave Perkins' vote from last year and carried it forward on behalf of Chris Markinson, uh, Nick D, and Richard Fogey. Markinson was just like, whatever they vote for, here's a bunch of votes towards that. Uh, so Markinson, that was super cool. And let me just run down the list of movies that Markinson wants us to 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 consider. Right. Jaws, Hunt for Red October, not familiar with that. 2001, Zapped, which I've actually never seen. Midnight Run, Brick, Your Name, and Paprika. Those are both apparently anime. 
Slapshot. Uh, I think it's no secret that Markinson is Canadian. The Canadians love hockey. Uh, Star Trek II, The Wrath of Khan. Don't know that Ugh. one. Crack High Voltage. Watchmen. Oh, Crank. <laughs> Crack High Voltage is probably different. Although one. I like the imagery of yours. <laughs> uh, Big Trouble in Little China. Watchmen. Uh, Spirited Away. Thelma. And Arrival. So those are the ones Markinson picked, and then not he said... Not Charlie Sheen. Not the Charlie Sheen one, right. Yeah. All right, so you guys take it away. Uh, Dingus, read us about uh, 10 or 15, and then turn it over to Kelly Wand. So after we had... Uh, yeah, that's good. After like Crystal that. Skull, we we had Dark City um, from uh, Bruce Nourish. Uh, Santa Buddies <laughs> from Aiden Keys. Yoo-hoo. Does any of us know what that is, Santa Buddies? No. I'm not <laughs> gonna look at I'm not gonna look at it. Sounds like I a have. dog playing basketball or something. <laughs> Sounds like a porno Roman Polanski made as well. I okay. you guys are weird. I, it sounded like a kid's movie to me. Yeah, like a dog be, filling in for Santa Claus. Yeah. Like Santa Claus here's here's what I'm guessing it is, and this is in earnest. The reindeer are sick, so Santa has to use a bunch of dogs to to tow the sled this year. And the movie's called Santa Buddies and maybe the dogs talk. It's Santa with a bag of weed. That's what I think it's about. Um, what's the? It's it sound. It could be. Uh, there were two movies with like sled dogs. Well, there's Eight Below, which is Eight the good Below, Paul Walker, Walker one, uh, and then there's Snow Dogs with Cuba Gooding Jr., which is terrible. Yeah. I watched that recently. Cuba so, Gooding Jr. movie that's terrible. So <laughs> Santa Buddies sounds like a Cuba Gooding Jr. movie. Oh trip. All right. Now, next we have Sleep. Uh, which was uh, voted for by a person named Anthony Carnavale. Um, and, and in case listeners don't know, Sleep is the eight-hour Andy Warhol performance art of a person sleeping. Not Woody Allen in the future. There's two movies in here that involve the word sleep. Um, uh, Millions uh, was voted for by Christopher Floyd. Who swears by it, by the way. He's like, I think it's a great Danny Boyle movie. And this is what I'm picking. Yep. I've actually never seen Millions. I haven't either. Um, he likes Danny Boyle likes millions in his his favorite number. Yeah. Uh, Once upon a time in the West was voted by Sebastian Dunn and somebody else as well actually mm-hmm. uh, was voted for by somebody named Sam Spackman. Um, Hardware Sweet. was voted for by Shaheen Ali. Jesus. Uh, Things. Why are you going Jesus about hardware, Kelly Wand? That's in your Bailey uh, way. That's that's a Kelly yeah. Wand movie. That's the toaster movie, as I was talking to you guys before. Um, <laughs> Things Change uh, was voted for by John Renninger. Is that the uh, Bill Murray's Amici? a clown movie? No, that's Quick Change. Okay. Yeah, I think Things Change is Don Amici as a, as a being there, mafia guy. Ah, uh, yeah, yeah. Quick Change is the sad clown movie. What kind of clown are you? The crying on the inside kind, I guess. Uh, <laughs> Uh, Babette's, Babette's Feast was voted for by Michael Hopkins. Tel Aviv on Fire. Now, uh, Yorn, you're going to have to tell us how to say your name because we don't know. Yorn Wines or Weens? I think it's Wines. Okay. But we will find out. Uh, and uh, I will say Crawl. <laughs> Kroll was voted for by how do we say how we how will we uh, say Richard Fogey. Why are Richard you going he 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 at Kroll, Dingus? Because I I 
I will. I'll save. I'll save it. Wait, you like crawl? Or like, I mean, that sounded like an approving hee 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 hee. It's not a hee hee hee. Tom and I, Kelly get to watch crawl. I love it. Actually. Okay, because I don't think I know crawl. I'm more of a Hawk the Slayer kind of guy. Uh, crawl has this very special place in my heart. So. Who's who is yeah. crawl? Like, who's the guy? Is it like, is it like Casper uh, Van Dien or something? He's like a Richard Chamberlain beardy guy. Yeah. yeah okay. He's like. But that. Lizette Anthony is in it. Remember her? No. And also an actor named Liam Neeson. Isn't Crawl? <laughs> yeah. So it's even before the bounty? Liam. Liam Neeson. It's Crawl's the name of the planet, I think, too. Yeah. Uh, I think it's the name of that little dagger that he has. No, oh, it's the Morning Star <laughs> dagger. It's not a dagger. Oh, oh you guys. It's a shuriken. Not. It's a, it's a, it's a glaive with arm. Oh, God. All right. <laughs> it's a sword that shoots swords at sorcerers. All right, Kelly, pick up a 15. Well, Jeffrey Sweet uh, gave us some Strozek. Uh, Werner Herzog, I've never seen Strozek, and I wouldn't know the first thing as far as what it's about. Has, have, I haven't seen it either, either, and I love Herzog. Yeah, I think we generally. all do. Yeah. Thing is, you don't know Strozek either, do you? No, I've never met him. But if you hum a few bars, I might catch on. <laughs> That doesn't work with the word Strozik thing. <laughs> no, I don't accept that that joke. You don't Kelly. accept his bluff. Strozik doesn't sound like the name of a of a bar song. Dingus. We'll work on that later, Dingus. That's how those words should always be said. <laughs> uh, Hedrick Thiel voted for Black Dynamite. Brian Kent voted for Solar Babies. And someone else did also. Uh, Star Trek Three was... Voted for by Timothy Spieth. Am I saying these names wrong? I'm guessing I don't. Uh, yeah, I think I'm it's guessing Spieth. it's Spieth. Spieth. Is it yeah. Star Trek Three? Gotcha. <laughs> uh, John Wilbur Dew voted for Free Money. It's Robert Doe. Come on. So Doe, John Wilbur Doe. Doe. Everybody, Andrew She voted for Better Luck Tomorrow, Armageddon, All About Eve, and Piccadilly. Piccadilly, he put years on all these. Piccadilly is from 1929. It's probably not even a movie. It's probably just a daguerreotype. Bradley Cooper should remake it with Gaga. Daguerreotype. 1929, they didn't know how to make movies back then. That'd be cool if Da Vinci had like an undiscovered movie made with a magic lantern. And it won Best Picture. Against Shape of Water. All right, Peter Haynes voted for Dean Spanling movie uh john giddings voted for hunt for red october michael Oberly voted for the passenger josh lubletter voted for secret of roan einish yeah Aaron it's, about a, it's about a seal for... in ireland i think isn't that like a magic lady turns into a seal i think right that, that's how those words should be said i <laughs> know <laughs> it turns into a seal I think I did ruin the secret, though. It's not a secret anymore, now that I've told you guys that. Oh, well. I still... When you tell me, when you give spoilers, I either never remember them, or... (laughs) I go, oh, that's what Tom meant. Like, I don't even... (laughs) I don't really listen to you very much, Tom. That's the (laughs) trick I've learned over the years. It keeps me from not enjoying movies. Probably a wise choice. Yeah. Yeah. I recommend it for me, too. Don't listen to me or you. Otherwise, you might end up seeing movies like Mind Games and Plus One. I don't know. I thought you undersold Death Day. So, just saying. I think you were too 
scared of my... Well, part of it, Kelly Wan, is there are movies that I think you should have seen before Happy Death Day. Like, when I undersell something, it's mainly because I don't want you to put it up too high on your list. Get to it, eventually see it, but I just... There's so many other things that you haven't seen that you should see. That's weird coming from you, though. What is? Well, just, like, you'll watch anything that's called, like, The Farting on... Well, right, but I know you guys don't have that kind of time or don't spend that kind of uh, I do. time watching movies. Kelly Wan, you don't watch anywhere near as many crappy movies as I do. And That's plus, you don't watch half the things we tell you to watch. You're the worst well, at this. Hey, yeah, by the way, it's... you guys, I just want to tell you, today's Monday the 18th. I don't get okay, it. Okay, so Chris Webb wrote <laughs> for... Uh... That's, that's her birthday, Monday the 18th. Sorry. Oh, happy oh, death day, yeah. right? Right. Is it a March 18th? No. I don't Do think they the even say what month it is? I think they say it's September. But anyway, it's Monday the 18th. And I just kept they made thinking. that machine over summer? Ugh. I kept thinking as we were watching it, I'm like, oh, we're going to be doing this show on Monday the 18th. Did Tom plan this? I'm sure he did because he's really smart. He's good at math. Chris Webb voted for The Wildlife. Wait, did Wait, you, you say... skipped Aaron Kane. And Aaron Kane. Aaron Kane you... voted for Zulu. Because he loves Zulu, that. right? Sorry, Aaron Kane. Zulu. That's <laughs> what I voted for the wildlife. Why don't you say was. that? Oh, God. Let's please not do that, because I can't. I was just picturing these natives saying Cthulhu. Because <laughs> that is a, a famous Maasai legend, is Cthulhu, yeah. Uh, yeah. Chris Webb voted for three things, Kelly Wan. What were they? Wildlife, and that's how those words should be said. Uh, drowning, not waving. Nope. Wait, not no. waving, not drowning. Nope. Extremely close. Martha, Mark Magdalene. Not waving, but drowning. With one T. Or did I get it backwards, Dingus? No, you're right. Okay. Not waving, but drowning. Not waving. You, you, you can picture that. Right, but I didn't know if it was the movie was doing that or was doing the original intent. Uh, yeah. Okay. All right. So Kelly Wan, what's the third movie say. that Chris Webb really wants us to see? Southland Tales. Hmm. Who's in that? that? Tom, Tom, do you know who's in? Bunch that? of people from Saturday Night Live. <sighs> Boy. Really? Yeah. It's it's Southland? really weird watching it and seeing. Hey, wait a minute. He just raided. They, were they like shooting in New York or something? Yeah. All these Saturday Night Live cast members show up. I think Kristen Wiig might be in it even. Is Harrison Ford in it? He was, was great on SNL. Uh, the same. Why was Harrison Ford being Farley... in Tales? What? <laughs> oh, is that the Dwayne Johnson thing, Dingus? Yeah. <laughs> Please. Uh, That's why he picked it, obviously. Oh, okay. That makes sense. <laughs> well, also, maybe I'm Chris Webb seems like the kind of guy who might be like, yeah, every Richard Kelly movie is brilliant. It didn't. He didn't just suck after Donnie Darko. They're all great. I could see him loving, like, what's that, the box or the gift or whatever that thing is. You can't no. tell Chris Webb. No? No. Right. Well, I would bet he doesn't like the box. Okay. Uh, after that, then we had Soren Hoogland with Universal Soldier Day of Reckoning, which I was briefly excited. I thought it was the uh, Kurt Russell's robot. It would be funny if that was robot. the first one. Yeah. All right, Dingus, take it away. What's after that? <laughs> you thought Kurt uh, Russell would be something that. So after that is Morvern Collar. Yeah, uh, that was voted for by Emmett Coffin, and I and there's a couple of these where you could just switch the names, like the Peter <laughs> Haynes one. You could just let's watch Emmett for... Coffin voted for by Morvern Collar. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, Star Trek Two: The Wrath of Khan. Uh, 
Uh, voted for by Eric Geithner. Uh, get over it. Get over by... it, Kirsten. By Robert Perry. Who says, um, who points out that it's pre-frumpy Dunst with Ben Foster. Yep. Ah, it's pre-frumpy Ben Foster, even. So we have two uh, movies voted for by a guy named Aaron Chang. Andrew Chang, sorry. Uh, there's Support the Girls, which I don't know what is, and Paddington 2. <laughs> Support yeah. the girls. Someone just did uh, in the 2020 frame game uh, thread. Someone just did support the girls in that. I don't. Probably. I don't know the movie either. But all right, I've, I've seen frames from it. Girls. Yeah. And how did we decide that we were going to say Fred's name, Fred Ui? Yes. I, you know what? I actually don't know. I'm used to seeing it spelled. I don't know how you actually say it though. All right. So Fred, I apologize for mispronouncing your name if I have, uh, but. Uh, there's five movies from Fred. They're Hard Boiled, Farewell My Concubine, Infernal Affairs, King of Comedy. Not this. Not... Sorry, go ahead. Uh, go ahead. Not this Scorsese one, yeah. Yeah. I don't know what other King of Comedy there is, so. Well, Fred Dewey pointed out, as well as this movie Happy Together, which is uh, Wong Kar Wai, that he wanted uh, great instances or various instances of, of Chinese cinema. So those oh, were his okay. five folks. Uh, yeah. And so, yeah, and happy together. Um, and then we have uh, three movies from Duncan Palmer. The tale, uh, and they're, they're, they're tailored to each one of us. Yeah, which one did I get, Dingus? You got The Tale of Princess Kaluuya. Kaguya. Kaguya. <laughs> okay, that sounds better. It's I like The Tale of Daniel Kaluuya. <laughs> Don't get any on you. Dingus, what did, what did you get? What anime did he give you? I got Wolf Children. Ah, and what about Kelly Wand? What anime did he get? He got Paprika. Mm. Uh, mine sounds like porn. <laughs> uh, so, uh, Kelly, you should take on the next one. Number Arthur, Chauvin, and Jelly voted for your name. Anime. On... Yeah. It looks... Okay. Um... <laughs> Dingus swears by it. Markinson does as well. People love that movie, t- Kelly Wand. It's on, on Netflix, top- but it's dubbed in German. So it was on my to top ten it. list that year. Yeah. yeah. It's a cartoon, and Dingus loved it. Yeah. And it made Tom totally confused because it was your name and call me by your name. Like, back yeah. to back. And he's like, what? That's very well, yeah. We were spreadsheeting it, so everything right. was. Like, said today's date, and then that's the name of the <laughs> Uh, Sam Spackman voted for Once Upon a Time in the West. Scott Andrews voted for four movies. Old Man and the Gun. He voted for each one with less money, so in descending order of interest. <laughs> he got fewer and fewer votes, right? Yeah. So he really wants us to see Old Man and the Gun, then slightly less Game Night, then slightly less Mortal Legends, and then the least Free Solo. Which is not a movie, but a documentary. So, fair enough. About making Solo? It's a mountain climbing thing. I actually do want to see that. Yeah, I've heard really good things about it. That one's it. easy to find. Solar Babies was voted for again by <laughs> Nick Dingle, as was Stoker. I liked. Jeremy Anock? Is that right? Yeah, I think voted so. I've never said it out loud, up. but I think. Voted for Spanglish, Tom's Ugh. favorite Tom. Broke up with a lady over seeing Spanglish. <laughs> it has Thomas. It has Tom's favorite sex scene, I think. Oh Tom my just... God! I forgot that's in Spanglish. Oh, the uh, tail. Yeah. And that's 
Uh, it's Adam Sandler. I, I don't want to go back to thinking he's a doofus. Uh, that was the first Opsis. I think it's lost now, too, because it was on my, my blog. I mean, I was doing a blog. Oh, right, Remember? yeah. That you was wrote the first up some Spanglish for me. I, yeah, I, I don't know if I have that text yeah. anywhere. Uh, so. And then we have Markinson's list, where he uh, voted for things that don't include crack high voltage, but crank high voltage. Uh, oh. And then he supported <laughs> votes from uh, David D., Chris Webb, Dave Perkins, Nick D., and Richard Fogey. All of this here, we've each got our own separate uh, sheet of paper that lists them. Kelly One, which one of us should do the number? Should you do it? Should I do it? You should do it. Okay, I'm going to go to random because I'm used to doing this. I'm going to go to randomresult.com. I think I did it last year. It shouldn't right. be me every time. It's going to pick one number between 1 and, what is it, 2030, right? Uh-huh. 2030. I'm this is All almost right. the best part. All right, I'm not going to look. I'm just moving my piece of paper. I am now hitting draw now. Here we go. Five, four, three, two, one, one, seven, nine, two. I'm not looking. What? 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 Oh, gosh. Oh, gosh. <laughs> <laughs> Melancholia? No. <laughs> Melancholia. No. That's not right. Oh, no. Oh, wait. Uh, no. Let me look now. Uh-oh. No, Dingus. No. I was wrong. 1792. Oh, I remember this is where I screwed it up before. It's looking at the wrong bracket. Wait a minute. 1792. I already know what it is. Wait, I think I know what it is, too. Is it, is it alien. Yeah, it's Markinson's support for David D., who's known as Left Empty, for his vote for alien. Markinson is like, whatever he votes for, here's 50 votes for that, right? It's alien. Did I get it right? Yep, I yeah. think you did. I'm trying to think about it now. It's hurting me. I don't know. I don't I know mean, if I've seen it. Come on, what do you mean you don't know? You don't know if you've seen yeah. it in the last... He oh, oh shut up. He, he doesn't know that he's on a podcast. <laughs> I don't know what planet I'm on. Alright, so opsizing Alien? Jeez, yeah, how about that? I've got to look, I've oh. got to see if it's got a cinema score rating, Kelly Wan, in How many times have you seen Alien? Or is oh that my god. Not? Easily I, 30. I mean, yeah. Dude, I watched it on Christmas Eve one night with my dad and my brother, like, when, in my teens. Like, yeah, Aliens. <laughs> I mean, it, Alien is okay. a big, big, I mean, we'll talk about this in the podcast, but Big Trouble in Little China, Blade Runner, and Alien were movies that I used to just, like, watch over and over again on VHS. Uh, Alien's hard to turn off. Yeah. Well, you know, save it for the um, podcast, Kelly Wand. So, if yeah. you're listening, uh, watch Alien, because we're going to do an Alien podcast next week. Take that, Jordan Peele. Yeah, <laughs> and we'll do we'll do us the what? week after. Yeah. Um, huh. So join us for that. If you've seen Alien, maybe you've seen it. <laughs> Send your thoughts Alien. about Alien to three x three at quarter to three dot com. Get that to us before March twenty fourth, midnight Pacific, and we'll include your comments on the air. Uh, if also you can think of any of your favorite one eyed characters. Send those to 3x3 at quarter2three.com. Get that to us before midnight, April 7th. We'll talk about that on our 3x3 episode. Uh, and join us for some Alien next week. I'm Tom Chick. I have uh, been here with Christian Molzinski. Uh, it's Christian Morosky. And with Kelly Wand. You know what would be worse is just waking up over and over. Although I guess we already do that. Time for me to take it. I'm the boss right now. Not gonna
in another dimension, her La La Land dress was orange. I prefer that we be more capable and prepared than lucky. Observation, reflection, faith, and determination. In this way, we may navigate the path as it unfolds before us. All right, and we have, what, eight more recharge cycles to go before we get to Aurigai 6? Is that a question, sir? Yes, Walter, that's a question. That is correct. The good part that Dingus did didn't happen this time. This dimension's crazy. It's off. I gotta get out of this dimension. On delay, people. Oh, wait, that was it! Yay! Dimension's fixed.